Rewind it back to the days of chillaxing on the beach and all-day fun with Spring Break on DraftKings Casino. Play exclusive games like Fan Fave Rocket. The excitement is endless, the vibes are right, and the cash prizes could be huge. New players, start playing with just 5 bucks and get 100 back instantly in casino credits. Download the app and use code COLLEGEDRAFT to book your one-way ticket to fun with DraftKings Casino. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas. 21-plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash football for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Pour yourself a cold one. They strike them, huh? And listen to Russ Tucker break down the top college prospects on another tasty edition of The College Draft. Yeah, it is Daddy Soda time here on the College Draft Podcast presented by our awesome YouTube page, youtube.com. Slash Ross Tucker NFL, where you can get the highlight clips and full episodes of all of our different shows. Fantasy Feast Podcast, Even Money Podcast, Ross Tucker Football Podcast, Business of Sports Podcast. Remember, all of these shows are all year round. They're year round. So even though college season's just about over, NFL's in the playoffs. We dive into some awesome topics and get some phenomenal guests in the offseason. Highly encourage you to continue listening or watching, whatever. I'm Ross Tucker, the former NFL offensive lineman. It's my podcast network along with producer Brian. You can check me out on social media at Ross Tucker NFL. You can check us out at Ross Tucker Pod. That's Twitter. That's Instagram. My Facebook is facebook.com slash Ross Tucker NFL. And if you ever Want to be a part of a community of a bunch of diehards like you? Patreon.com slash Ross Tucker NFL. That is the way to go. Patreon.com slash Ross Tucker NFL. A lot of people part of our little uh, our little tribe, our little community there. The star of this show and the expert on this show is Emery Hunt. You see him everywhere now. And he's just going to continue to be everywhere over the next couple of years. At F-Ball Game Plan on Twitter, Football Game Plan on YouTube. He's a YouTube rock star, been doing it a long time. Football Game Plan on YouTube. And then footballgameplan.com slash 2021 draft guide. That's the key. Hey, for 18 teams, it's draft season. The offseason is here. Footballgameplan.com slash 2021 draft guide. So what we thought we would do, Emery, since we got the national championship, and there's a lot of prospects for both teams, we thought it'd be fun to just talk about the top prospects for both these teams. So when people are watching the game on Monday night, they know who to be watching for. Does that sound good? Sounds like a plan to me. So let's start with Ohio State. By the way, great call on Ohio State and the points last week. Great call. I'm curious, uh, we'll get to this in a little bit, but Alabama 
is favored by seven and a half. The exact same amount Clemson was favored by. So I'm curious to see what you go with a little bit later. But let's start with some of these prospects. Ohio State cornerback Sean Wade. Emery, should he have left last year? Because it felt like he was going to be a first-round pick last year. And now I've seen multiple games where maybe he hasn't played as well this year. Man, it, it sure seems like it, right? It, I mean, especially when you look at last game uh, and, and how Clemson had him spun around like a turnstile on some of those routes. It, it, sometimes it's, you know, I always say, get what you ask for, get it because you ask for it. You, you wanted to come back. You wanted to opt in. His dad was adamant about the Big Ten playing, and now look what happened. You know, this is what happens uh, when you want something so bad. So maybe he's showing that he can't be a corner at the at the pro level and probably is a better safety prospect than corner because corner this year has it has shown that you know maybe he's not the most fluid guy to keep up with NFL like receivers um and it doesn't mean he can't be a very good player I just think that maybe he's playing out of position right now at corner at Ohio State because of necessity so maybe at the pro level we see him make that transition we saw Malcolm Jenkins make who started at corner at Ohio State, started at corner with New Orleans before moving to safety with the Saints before going to Philly and coming back to the Saints. So I think that may be the path for him because we've seen so far, like you pointed out this season, that corner may not be the best spot for him for what his skill set suggests. What about wide receiver Chris Olave? I think we saw how important he was to the passing game. Um, And I brought that up on this show. I want to say – December 21st, because I remember that date vividly because it was after um, the Big Ten title game. Everyone went bananas about the Northwestern game uh, and, you know, Zach Wilson. And on this on this, this great podcast that we're on, I spoke about going back and watching the film of Northwestern and seeing what was going on with the play calling of Ohio State where they had guys in the route but not necessarily in a progression and with the coverage on the other side with Northwestern and what they were able to do from a defensive standpoint that took away certain options, which kind of coincided to where the viewer, uh, the layperson, is looking at that and saying, man, he's holding the ball too long. Uh, well, yeah, because there's a you know a, a, you know a combination of things going on. But that's why people tune into the show, because we give them the football side of things. But, you know, the, in a narrative-based Twitter society, uh, people are going to run with Justin Fields holds the ball too long. He can't be a pro prospect. Look at the other Ohio State quarterbacks uh, going all the way back to, you know, the the first Ohio State quarterback. People make all kind of ridiculous arguments based off something they see and they don't understand. So I said I'd like to say this. Olave missing that game was huge because that was one of the guys that they needed to go out there. And when you see his skill set, you understand why. He's a fluid athlete, able to track the football. We saw that against Clemson. We saw him work himself back to the football for Justin Fields. So he's a guy that kind of understands a lot of the nuances in playing a position, which speaks volumes of the receiver coach there. I think it's um, Hartline who does a great job with those receivers. So they tend to come into the league a little bit more pro-ready. So you see a a lot of good things from a lobby on film. Let's get to Justin Fields while we're having that conversation. You know, in the three games prior, Emery, to the Clemson game where he was amazing – He had four touchdown passes, five interceptions, and took 11 sacks. And just didn't seem like he wanted to get rid of it. And I know what you said about Alave and Northwestern, 
But it was, I mean, they only played six games. And the last three, four touchdowns, five picks, 11 sacks. How do you explain that? And then what we saw against Clemson Monday night, which was magnificent. I think when you look at quarterbacks like Justin Fields, um, outside of them being held to a higher standard than many other quarterbacks, uh, but for guys like Justin Fields, and we've seen this across the spectrum, you know, in college and also in the NFL, when you know you have that ace in the hole, your mobility, you tend to, to really rely on that to say, hey, I can get out of any jam. So you tend to see guys that have that excellent mobility, you know, uh, take a lot of sacks. And you see it with Russell Wilson. You saw it with Michael Vick. You saw it with uh, Kaepernick. You saw it with anybody that's that's a mobile quarterback tends to take a lot of sacks because they always feel as though they can get out of a jam with their legs. We we saw Aaron Rodgers have a lot of throwaways, you know, because he's holding the ball a little bit too long because he tends to, to trust his athleticism and his mobility to get out of a jam. So that's not... Uh, something that's that's not normal uh, for those type of players. It's just that we choose to focus on that um, when it's when it's brought up in a debate. Oh, he's holding the football too long. But it's funny which quarterbacks get the he's holding the ball too long, just opposed to the receivers are not getting open. So I always ask that question when you're watching the game live. Um, but that's why you always got to go back to the tape and see what's the true answer. Are the receivers not getting open? Are the or is the quarterback holding the ball too long? Or is it both? Because both answers could be true. But I think for mobile quarterbacks, a lot of them tend to think I can hold the ball long because at the end of the day, I can run myself out of a jam. That makes sense. Um, are you? Are, it's tough to say. Are you a big fan of Fields? I like Fields. I like his game. And for me, it's not even about you know the all the attributes like the arm or the mobility. It's what we saw in that game. And that's the biggest thing I look at when I look at quarterbacks. How you handle pressure. Are you afraid of the moment? Give me that player, regardless of your skill set, I could win with you. That's why I, I was a defender of Tebow. I don't care how he throws his windup or it may look ugly or, or it may look it doesn't look traditional. The dude is fearless. Give me that player that I know isn't scared and I can win some football games. So I don't care. What's your height, weight, you know, attributes, throwing power, all that stuff. Can you handle pressure? That's the difference between, you know, um, hitting your free throws, so to speak, like we always talk about with Nick Anderson, or being able to be like Joe Montana, you know, in the heat of a battle and say, oh, there's John Candy. Give me that guy. That's the guy I want to win with 20 times out of 10. There's several linebackers for Ohio State to talk about. We'll start with Baron Browning fluid athlete, you know, and he flows well to the football. And I, I think we saw that a lot in the Clemson game, but you go back throughout his tape, he's the most fluid of the backers, uh, which is going to be huge in this game because it gives them a chance to really stop Najee Harris. And also he does a great job of being a blitzer and that fluidity helps him in that regard because we really haven't seen teams heat up Mac Jones yet. And if they're going to win this game, that's something something that they're going to have to do in order to have success. So I'm excited to see him get out there and play because he's going to have to be a key player with their defense, along with the other another linebacker that they have. What about Pete Werner? That's the guy I want to see. See, Ross, this is where the TV comes in because we kind of, you know, tee each other up and segue <laughs> well. But Werner, you saw 
the game changed once they started heating up Lawrence and Werner was one of those guys that because of his speed and he's he's built like a strong safety. So between him and Browning, I love the athleticism there. And I think when Werner gets gets going, he shows he can, you know, not only pressure, blitz, chase to run away, uh, but you can trust him in zone coverage and, and you can trust him, you know, in a situation where he can cover that short area of the field. I think that's going to have to be the way they go against Bama. And then Tough Borland, another linebacker? He's old school. You know, he's he's built like a Mac linebacker. You know, throwback Mac. We used to joke about that in college. Like, you know, you could tell a Mac linebacker because they got big calves. You know, they, everybody looked like Mike Allstott in the Mac. Um, but Borland is, is up that guy. He, you know, he's he's a physical player, point of attack guy, run stuff guy. He would probably be best if Alabama was playing the way they played um, back when they had Eddie Lacy and company when it was just, you know, run downhill. But right now, in order for him to not – because we saw him struggle against Clemson, um, and it wasn't necessarily a skill thing. It was just an athleticism thing. So I wonder how how much he's going to see the field against Alabama because I know Bama will try to target him in the passing game. So let's get up front now. There's a couple guys up front I want to talk about. Uh, one of them is Wyatt Davis, the offensive guard. And he can't bring up Wyatt Davis without bringing up his dad. You know? <laughs> <laughs> he can't. Um, I, I did a broadcast, a Georgetown broadcast, and uh, with my uh, it was three three of us in the booth, and the other color analyst, Mike Niebrick, who set all kind of records at Fordham. And I made a reference about putting the women and children to bed and going looking for dinner. Right? He had no idea what I was talking about. He had never seen the program, and I was just what? blown away. Never seen it. Um, and, and I was like, Mike, that's your homework assignment. You got to because you can't understand the Alex Mack reference. You can't understand how difficult and ridiculous their non-conference schedule was for, for ESU. Uh, <laughs> they played everybody. But why um, Davis is tremendous, man, as far as uh, his hand placement. He's always getting movement. You look at a lot of the big runs. They're coming right behind him. Um, and I think at times his footwork can get him on the ground a little bit. But I would say 90% of the time, he's getting the opponent on the ground and moving those guys out the way. And any movement you get up front against Bama only helps Trey Sermon, only helps Justin Fields. It only helps your offense. Alvin Mack, uh, the program, if you haven't seen it, that's the homework for everybody. Alvin Mack, the actor that played Alvin Mack, is Wyatt Davis's dad. The movie is legendary. Anybody that played football in the 90s, that movie, I've seen it. We used to watch it the day before yeah. days every year. We would watch that. Um, what about a defensive tackle? I think he's from Idaho, maybe. He's been really good. Tommy Togiai. Yeah, and, and that's been a big surprise for Ohio State defensively, in my opinion, uh, at least. Because, again, like we said before, last episode, we always talk about, you know, one of the Bosa brothers or Chase Young. But this year, we spent a lot of time talking about the interior defensive line because they've been so dominant. Togiai has done a great job. Uh, not being able to get moved off the spot, plays aggressive with his hands, always fighting like you would expect a, a guy that is a shorter, squatty, mauler to be inside. He's definitely that and gives them an opportunity to, to stop the run because he doesn't get moved off the spot. And we know even though Alabama can throw it over your heads, they still fundamentally are a point of attack team that wants to dominate in the run game. Uh, and that's an area where Ohio State can be successful. As for Alabama, and in fact, before we get to Alabama, I want to make sure everybody knows, I know this game is Monday night. Emory, 
but there's three NFL games on Saturday. How about this deal from DraftKings? DraftKings is giving you the chance to double your money. Double your money. All you need is one, if you're watching on YouTube, one touchdown to be scored during Saturday's football game. So, Bills Colts, which I am calling for Westwood 1, Seahawks Rams, Bucks Washington. If there's one touchdown, you double your money. So, if you were thinking about signing up for DraftKings and you haven't yet, go ahead, download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now on your phone. Use the promo code ROSS when you sign up so you have a shot at doubling your money if a touchdown is scored. One touchdown. Whatever the, there's going to be a touchdown scored. Whatever the max amount is, do it. There's going to be at least one touchdown. I, I, I'm probably not allowed to say I promise, but if I was allowed to say I promise, I promise. That's code ROSS for new players to get a shot at doubling their money. Limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey or PA only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem. Call 1-800-GAMBLER. That is the deal. DraftKings, double your money if there's a single touchdown. All right, Alabama. They got a lot of guys, man. They got a lot of guys. Both these teams are just so loaded with prospects. I'm curious. I haven't heard many people talk about Mac Jones as an NFL prospect or comparison. What do you got, Emery? You know, for me, Mac Jones, and it's always tough. When I think for him, it's a lot of things that people just kind of avoid uh, because he doesn't have a splashy name. It's kind of bland. Um, and for a lot of people, that plays into it. You just don't get excited about Mac Jones. Um, and his skill set, just physically, you just look at him and you just say, ah, all right, you know, he kind of looks like how a creative quarterback would be. He has a flag jacket, the rib protector. Um, you know, he doesn't have cool looking jersey. He has a big number. Nothing about him just looks like you want to hype him up. But he's a very efficient quarterback. Proved that last year. Um, and reminds me a lot of Matt Hasselbeck and how the ball comes out of his hands quickly. Um, he has a very quick release. He's accurate. He's consistent with that deep ball. Um, and he's a chain mover. So it may not look pretty. But like I said earlier, I don't care about physical attributes. Quarterback play for me, it's about how tough are you versus pressure. And can you just move the football? You know, as long as we're moving the ball and we're coming away with points, you're my quarterback. And I think that's the solid way to describe Mac Jones. I think he's just a solid player and someone that can be a good bus driver to your office. You don't have to be special. I just need you to not make mistakes, not be afraid of pressure. Just keep us on pace. I like it. Matt Hasselbeck. I love when you give me a f- current or former NFL player just to visualize a little bit. Um, Najee Harris. Uh, I met him when he was in high school. He was physically, he looked like Steven Jackson in high school. Like 6'3", 230. What, that hurdle, man, that, that was insane, Emery. That was, that might have been the best hurdle I've ever seen. When you consider that he's 6'3", 230. And you consider how difficult that is to, one, jump over another living human being and to hit the ground running and keep it moving. You know, so just as a former running back, I'm, my athleticism wasn't set up that way. And so I'm always in awe of someone that could just jump over a human being like that and not break stride. So, yeah, you're right. Physically fit, physically, you know, apt to, to really play. And, you know, I know John Madden said this a while back, there's only a few guys that 
could have potentially made the jump from high school to the pros. He talked about Herschel Walker. He talked about Bo Jackson. He talked about DJ Williams. I'm pretty sure he would say the same thing about Najee Harris because physically he has always been what we're seeing out there uh, now with Alabama. So they got a couple wide receivers, clearly. Uh, there's a chance, by the way, Emery, that Jalen Waddle might be able to play Monday night. That'd be crazy. Yeah, and that's the guy that you know I spoke about earlier. Uh, I, I don't know if you agree or not, but I talk about in the summer that you know he was better than Devonta Smith, who may end up winning the Heisman Trophy because um, Waddle just has like ridiculous football speed. Like he continues to get faster as he his acceleration is ridiculous and his ability to re-accelerate is ridiculous. Um, and him in this game changes things. And if you're Ohio State secondary and potentially have to worry about both of those explosively uh, dynamic players on the perimeter, it could be a problem. Wow. So you think he's better than Smith? Yeah, because he, he just, he, to me, he does more with the ball in his hands. That uh, he's like quick and fast, explosively fast. Smith is fast as, as you know what. You know, he is legit fast. And I like we that over the course of the season, we saw growth in Smith's game from his ability to just not be in a deep threat going down the field, but take a short pass a long way. We saw him help out in the return game, which has been huge. So over the course of the season, I started to see more from Devonta Smith. But Waddle already had all of those things um, prior to we saw it, us seeing it from Smith. Anything else on Smith? He's just been obviously so good this year. If he wins the Heisman, I'd be so happy because we need to break that quarterback of the winning team dynamic because he is excellent, man. And and again, what I didn't give him enough credit for in the beginning, I'm now giving him credit for in the end, how tough he is at the catch point. You know, so him going up and grabbing that football, it, it has transitioned his, his comp from like a Ted Ginn to maybe a guy like DeAndre Hopkins or uh, a Marvin Harrison as far as how physical he is and tough he is upon contact and also at the catch point. I'm not saying he's a one-to-one stylistic comp of those guys, but I'm talking about the physical nature of his ability when the ball is approaching him and when he's approaching contact. Okay, let's get to um, their offensive tackle, Alex Leatherwood. How do you go from one of the clear-cut first-round picks to now people talking about him as the third-round pick? or third round talent. I'm, and I just marvel at, you know, like watching him play. It's like, man, like he does a fantastic job. I thought doing a fantastic job up front is almost like guaranteeing you to be a first round pick. But this is again, prospect fatigue, I believe with, you know, draft Twitter and people that talk about the draft. Um, they've been talking about Leatherwood for so long that, you know, it's time to knock him now for no reason other than we've talked about him too much, but this is a clean prospect and someone's going to get them a day-one plug-and-play guy at the next level easily. couple defensive guys I want to get your thoughts on. One is Dylan Moses. It seems like people don't think he's come back from that injury as well as they were hoping. And it's kind of like the Alabama version of Sean Wade, uh, where a guy that we thought was initially a, a first-round lock and probably should have come out last year, but he got hurt. So he kind of – even if he got hurt, he probably should have came out anyway – uh, because he was such a highly thought of player, but coming back and as you can see, 
the athleticism, the burst just isn't there. Um, he's still seeing the things really well. So you love his eyes and instincts, but the body is probably a year away from getting back to what it was. So I think that this is a guy, yeah, he may drop out of the first round and someone may get him in the second round, but you're getting a guy whose body and, you know, will recover and be, you know, two years removed from that injury. And you should get back to what he was uh, two years ago. And then finally, uh, this is another young man that I met at the uh, U.S. Army Bowl a few years ago. Patrick Sertan II, obviously we all know his dad. He's a decent amount bigger than his dad was. Yeah, he's real bigger. He's almost built like a safety uh, compared to what his dad was built like, you know, one of those, those slot corners that pick off slants that, that just, you know, frustrates you. Um, and his his ability as a, as a guy playing on the outside, I think he could also play on the inside if you want him to. He just has outstanding skill set, footwork, hands, hips, head, all in unison, um, patient when the ball is in the air, doesn't panic, uh, does a good job running up and making a play versus the run that comes his way. So clean prospect, uh, excited to see how he matches up versus Alave. That's a, you know, classic prospect versus prospect matchup that we'll see in this game. Feels like there's a lot of those. Feels like there's a real opportunity for some guys to make some money this weekend or this Monday night. Probably none more than Fields, though. I mean, if Fields plays that well again, Emory, against Alabama, somebody's going to take him real high. Well, you should. And the conversation should then become, you know, Lawrence or Fields instead of Wilson or Fields. You know, it all depends on preference and what you like. And, you know, obviously medicals play a big deal in, in the whole evaluation. And both Lawrence and Fields have dealt with some injuries, um, you know, throughout the course of their time there because of how physical they are running the football, but throwing the football, they're both excellent. And we, and we know this guy isn't afraid of the moment. And we also know he tends to be the type of player that gives a saving defense a problem. All right. Uh, I'm looking at the DraftKings sports book right now, Emery and Alabama's favored by seven and a half. Who do you like and why? And this number dropped from eight earlier in the week. Um, and are immediately after the game, the last game. So I'm going to take Ohio State in the points here. Like I've said before, and like I said again, I'm going to say again, Ohio State didn't show much against uh, Northwestern or Indiana. And you saw a lot of new things against Clemson, which gave Clemson problems. So I'm willing to bet that there are even more things we're going to see new and unveiled for the first time against Alabama. Plus the Justin Fields factor gives them, uh, you know, that, that it, kind of factor in in this matchup so i see this i foresee this one being close especially since we saw pass rush now come alive for ohio say something that we hadn't seen all year and that's just more about effort and want to on the, on the edges so i'm excited to see those things i think we'll get another tightly contested matchup in a title game interesting i kind of like ohio state in the points as well I, I did last week i think anytime you're getting seven and a half if the game's competitive at all, you know, you're, you're getting that, – that hook is a big number to get more than a touchdown. Emery, great stuff. Fantastic, as always. Make sure you're checking Emery out at F-Ball Game Plan on Twitter so you never miss anything he's doing. I know a lot of you like YouTube. Football Game Plan's excellent on YouTube. The key, though, is to make sure you pre-order your draft guide. It's coming out in like six weeks or so footballgameplan.com slash 2021 draft guide. I cannot wait, Emery, until I get mine. Going to be absolutely 
incredible. Footballgameplan.com slash 2021 draft guide. Other than that, the keg is kicked. We're all tapped out. Thanks for listening to the College Draft Podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast, Fantasy Feast, Even Money, and the Business of Sports. All available at Apple Podcasts, RossTucker.com, or wherever podcasts can be found.